Shalom, and welcome back to our podcast, Four Worlds Torah, digging for treasures in the Torah, treasures that matter for our lives and for the world. I'm here with Rabbi Charna Rosenholtz. We will be exploring this week the Torah portion, Vayeshev, which means, and Jacob settled. This week, we will focus on the complexity of family systems. We will explore insights that the Torah might provide for us in the ongoing spiritual work of transforming dysfunctional relationships. Reb Charna. Thank you so much. And I am here with Rabbi Shoshana Lise. And it's such a pleasure to be here talking over some of the complexity of these family relations. You know, it starts with, and Jacob settled. And commentators talk about, are they talking about him settling his physical family? Is he learning to settle his mind after some of the things that he's recently been through? Um, what is that settling all about? But as he moves into his new territory and his new life after the tragedies that occurred in Shechem, and uh, he had some tough things happen with his neighbors there, which we won't go into now. We have at the very beginning of the Parsha, chapter uh, 37, verses 3 and 4, now Israel loved Joseph best of all his sons. He was the child of his old age. And when the brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of his brothers, they hated him so that they could not speak a friendly word to him. What? We have here an extraordinary situation where brothers can't even talk to each other, not even speaking a friendly word. So I want to just back off for a moment and share that for me, and I might have mentioned this before, that Genesis is a book of dysfunctional family relationships. And my understanding is that Torah offers all the problems of becoming a good human being. And the problems are on the Peshat level, on the literal level. But we're four worlds, Torah. We look at other ways of seeing this story. And so the Peshat is family dysfunction. Yet if you dig deeper, the antidote will always be present. And we want to see right now if we can look at family dysfunction and sibling mistakes and see, can we make some sense of it that will help us with our own problematic family relations? Thank you so much, Reb Charna. Now, we haven't done this in this podcast, but I, I want to invite people who are listening to take a moment to ground yourself where you are, to take a breath in and a breath out, and to feel yourself sitting or standing or moving, but to become aware of your body. And then to allow yourself to to bring to your awareness a relationship. It doesn't need to be one from childhood in your original family system, because I think we all know we take those relationships with us into all of our relationships. So it could be any relationship that you might want to bring some light, the light of Hanukkah, the light of hope, the light of transformation. Um, so I um, encourage us to just take a moment now to bring to our awareness a relationship that we 
seek for there to be a shift in its uh, dysfunction. Thank you for that, Reb Sharsh. I really want to hold that power of light and transformation, especially as we move into Hanukkah and solstice. Thank you for inviting us there. Entering back into our story. I want to say, again, from the four worlds to our point of view, that some of the commentators believe that this brotherly hate was a factor in the exile to Egypt. That that level of hate that would get Joseph sent away so he could rise within Egypt had to happen, and that the hate fueled that. I hear that with the commentators and respect those whose shoulders I stand upon. And I want to add that that is, that is not a place to end this conversation. We have to really look at this dysfunction and the sibling mistakes. And we have to understand that what was it that drove them crazy? So let me just break that down for a second. Some of the factors here that allowed this hate to occur was first and foremost, parental favoritism. Jacob grew up in a household where he was loved more than his brother, and there was a part of him that thought that that was normative. His grandfather, Abraham, seemed to favor one son more than another. So we have this generational habit of a parent favoring one child over another. And we want to look at these texts and say, wow, we have this bird's eye view to say this does not work out over time. So... This is one of the things that will be on our list of transformation, of not having favoring one child or another. But there's more factors involved here. You have Joseph, who was absolutely a, he's a tag, talented and gifted kid. He is a little, he, he has gifts that his brothers don't. That's not that his brother's gifts aren't important, but society often treasures one gift over another and reflects and affirms one gift over another. And what happens in the relationship when a child with a special gift is not only favored, but then is arrogant enough to kind of lord that over their, their siblings. Um, all that does is it creates jealousy. So you have special gifts that aren't recognized in right relationship to everybody else's special gift. You have brothers who are jealous, you have arrogant behavior, and then you have a sibling that tattletales. I'm sure there's a, a um, spills the tea, um, as they say today, on somebody else. Um, and the I just want to point out before you continue that Joseph had a dream, right? And I remember now that I, I, I think about Joseph as, as a 2E character. He's twice exceptional. He's very gifted. But he also doesn't have exactly tuned in social cues, social awareness. So he's like, what? I just, it was a dream. Like I didn't, it wasn't, you know, why shouldn't I tell you my dream? This was my dream that you were bowing down to me. Like he didn't have the awareness of the impact that it would have. And I, and I want to bring some empathy for him that uh, maybe he didn't intend to, to, to have them hate him so much. Maybe he just was like not aware of the impact of, of sharing that, that powerful gift in that way and having that um, awareness and empathy. A hundred percent correct. Social cues is part of the learning we can pull out of this. 
that in other words, it's not just what you intend to do, it's the impact it might have. And truly loving the other allows you to, or invites you to come forth and say, wow, what's going to the impact of this can be? This is a part of the relational learning curve completely. So not only does he not have the social clues, but he tattletales. He spills yes. the tea on his brothers. And yes, his brothers, according to Midrash, um, one of the worlds of Torah, the stories between the lines, um, the, 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 the sons of Leah had a lot of very bad behavior. And so we come to this place in relationship. Everybody listening to this podcast has a relationship. Hopefully you're holding a tender or fragile or vulnerable one in your heart, like Reb Shoshana invited you, invited us all to do. Natural impulses come up that are injurious to a relationship. This is natural. There is no shame or blame in having natural feelings of what about me come up. The point of Torah is that we have to work on ourselves. We have to do the work of self-actualization um, in order to be able to grow and evolve and understand the impact on other people. Um, this is very, very important of how do we deal with our emotional hurts? How do we recognize them, allow them to be present in a relationship, bring them in in a healthy way, and allow our relationships to process these natural uh, selfish feelings or knee-jerk hurts and move forward with them. I really believe Torah is inviting us to do that. Yeah. Um, so we all have had various familiar relationships growing up. I mentioned that we you know, play them out, whether they're that's jealousy. And all of this is in the context of, of a triumphalist setting, like one nation will ultimately inherit the narrative future and is lifted up above the others. That is in our, in our texts. And we, Jews today, hopefully, are seeking to transform that very narrative, right? So this, the non-zero-sum game, right? We're all in this setting of like only one person gets the blessing, one person gets the birthright. And that's, that's also here in, 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 the, um, in the background. Um, I, I, I wanna name that as we build sibling relationships into our future as adults, we also find people like you who become siblings as if we are family and that the same dynamics come up and there's a soul sister relationship uh, that gives us opportunities to heal our relationships, current and also in the past. So I think that's part of what spiritual community provides is the opportunity to build spiritual intimacy and connection with, with our fellows, with our chevra, right? The fellowship circle where we can you know, come from deep acceptance of all that we've brought, all that we bring, and then seeking to collectively to share in a process of individual growth and, and ultimately in, in, a, in a shared growth among a community of, of folks. And that the Hevra is a core piece of, of community that has broken down in our contemporary Jewish life. Oh, the Hevra having deep friendships. Um, let's, let's, let's begin to take this in for a landing as my Rebbe, Reb Zalman Schechter Shalomi should say. And I also wanna add, he was very strong in, in entering the 21st century 
with a post-triumphal point of view. And so we hold that post-triumphal, that post-one-way, one-nation point of view. And really want to say that going back to the emotions of this story and how the brothers hurt came into first jealousy and then a willingness to actually throw their brother out, uh, send him into the pit. I want to remind us all that we all freeze when our pain of being affirmed in the world, a pain of being seen, the pain of not having your gifts recognized, we freeze when this pain happens. And that freezing sequences into negative roles within family systems. Perhaps what Torah is showing us here, it shows us this problem. And as we search for the antidote, the antidote comes in words that will unfold throughout this uh, Parsha and through the next couple of chapters of, of Genesis, where it is said, please recognize this, where something has happened and the person who is being hurt or is hurting even says, do you recognize this? Can you see this? Do you understand this? Do you get the impact of what has happened? And that sense of affirming the emotions and understanding impact becomes the way we can hold complexity of a situation from multiple points of view. There's the mm -hmm. I as an I pronoun. There's the I as in the I organ, how we see things. Can I hold multiple eyes in order mm. to understand a situation. And I just want to uh, speak to Virginia Satir, who really was the uh, founder of modern family systems and, and family therapy work. And she has five points of what you do in order to heal. And you have to begin by inviting the other to talk to you. You invite the other to be present and then you arrange the environment so that it can hold the healing. And then you have to maximize communication. Without communication, there's no healing. You have to maximize understanding without really trying to step inside the shoes of the other. You can never necessarily go forward. And then, of course, you have to follow through. We still have the opportunity to heal the 12 brothers rift as we move towards the concept of Kalal Yisrael. And I want to say one last thing about Kalal Yisrael. Which you're going to translate. Yes, I am. Thank you. Kalal Yisrael means the entire nation of Israel, all 12 tribes. And I would like to put forward for everybody's consideration that Kalal Yisrael, all 12 tribes, is not about genetics. It is about 12 psycho-spiritual dimensions that are important, that have to interweave with each other to really highlight the beautiful tapestry of all of humanity. Take us home, Reb Shosh. Wow. So... I'm ready to tune in next week to see what's going to happen with this uh, emergent tribal system and the healing that's possible. I want to bless everyone with hope, just a little bit, just a little bit that can last. Or and a lot. And, or a lot. Uh, that it starts with 
with just a step, uh, a shift uh, uh, that could lead to a great transformation. And it might just be as simple as, I want things to change between us. I recognize a dynamic that doesn't feel right. You know, can we explore that? Um, and then all the things that you said, which I'm gonna listen to over and over from Virginia Satir and everything that you shared, Reb Charna today. So I wanna bless everyone that the relationship we brought to this podcast can, can, be, um, can be shifted towards wholeness, towards forgiveness, towards reconciliation, towards amazing communication. And um, just so grateful for, for this time that we shared together today, Reb Charna, and for this wonderful Four Worlds podcast. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Happy Hanukkah. Amen. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. <laughs>